Hello and welcome to the Every Nation Twane Moikluf podcast. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message with us. So friends, we're finishing with our one series. Oh, all right, all right. It's a, it's a series where we as one church in Every Nation Twane, Pretoria, seven congregations, one church, have been preaching the same topics for six weeks. And so what we've been preaching, we've been preaching our core values, that is right there in the corner, okay, our core values, um, this week we're doing family, if you missed any of them, um, please go onto Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, all of our sermons are there, go onto the website if you don't know where to find it, all of our podcasts are on our website, everynationtwane.org, uh, and please go and listen to them. But we're in family, and... Um, the value of family, this whole morning, we've, we've actually expressed and celebrated the value of natural family, right? We've celebrated fathers, it's part of natural family. We've be- dedicated children to raise them in God, that's part of natural family. And when we talk about this value, we're talking about our natural families, and we as people in ministry, as people in the church, will never sacrifice our natural families on the altar of ministry. Our first priority, apart from our relationship with God, is to our natural families. But also, God uses so much family language throughout Scripture when He speaks of His relation to us. So we're not just talking about natural family in this value. We're talking about spiritual family. We're talking about church family, community, people who become family in our faith and relationship with God. So this morning, when I talk about family, when I say the word family, I want you to take into consideration two things. I want you to remember natural family, my children, my spouse, my household, but also, please, your church community. Where are you planted? Where are you part of and growing in a church community that functions in so many, um, so many things the same way as your natural family. And so keep that in mind, and this morning I really want to trust that we as a church will value family in every part of the word, every meaning that God has for the word, that we would value that. So I just quickly want to really ask God to come and do that, that in our hearts. So let's close our eyes. Father, I thank you so much. This morning you are here, you are present Your spirit has been working throughout the week, throughout this whole sermon series. You've been working in preparing myself that this message will change me. And through my mouth, it will change all of us here. And I pray that your spirit would come and impart a value for family that changes a society that advocates individualism. Please, Father, break all cultural tendencies that are not in line with what you mean when you speak about family. Here this morning. Establish a true value in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to read from Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 17. We've got it on the screen. Um, If you have your Bibles, please open up from Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 17. I want to encourage you to make notes. Uh, I think there's a lot of cultural things that we might be breaking here this morning. It'd be good to refer back to them, to remember them, make them permanent in your lives. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 17 says this. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, 
and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Okay. Man, there's a lot going on in this scripture, all right? And I think the first temptation that I have when I read the scripture, is to take all of these attributes, these incredible attributes. I love practical. I'm a practical person. It's practical, you know? Here it is. Lay it on me, Paul. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. I take these things and I say, yes, Lord, today let me be compassionate. Let me be kind. Let me be humble. I'm going to be meek. I'm going to be, pa- I'm going to be so humble. You won't believe how humble I am. Let me be patient, super patient. I'm going to strive to do this. Um, and it's incredible, the power of the scripture. In the week, one of our staff members told me, uh, and it's actually Marnus, Marnus who did the baby dedication also this morning. He told me, Christian, this scripture is so powerful. If I, could, if I could program it onto the brains and the hearts of my children, that they live this out, man, it'll be like heaven in my household. My family will be like heaven. How good it is when my children play together in harmony. But when they're constantly fighting, it is like hell. Any parents who can relate? Yes? Okay. So that's the first thing we, we try and do. We take the scripture. We, we tend to, we'll say that, okay, I'm going I'm to do this. And you go, and the first moment, like on, this, on, on, on my way to church this morning, there was a guy in front of me. He's driving really slow. I'm patient, right? I prepared this sermon. Come on, I'm as patient as they come. So I just drive past him. Just drive past him. I continue down the road, and there's a red traffic light, and I stop, and there's a lot of cars that stop behind me. And this slow driver goes into the turning lane, drives past everyone, and then he stops with his nose next to me, turns on his indicator, and he wants to drive in front of me. (laughs) So I say, I'm patient. You're welcome. The light goes green. I say, please, sir. And while we're driving, I realize he's driving super slow again. (laughs) And by this point, I'm like, we're already late for our pre-service meeting here this morning. So I'm a little bit impatient. So I uh, can't help but um, not apply the scripture. And I ask myself, but why? why? Why is it so difficult to apply these attributes in something as small as just driving on the road. And I'm going to give you three, three quick reasons. Number one is because it clashes with our human nature, okay? When is patience needed? When is enduring with people or forgiveness needed? It's when someone, someone does something that affects you negatively, right? It's when someone does something that you don't like. And so when, 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 this, when we are in a community with people, in a family, or, or in a church, 
the only time that we're really going to need to apply these attributes is when, when there's people around us. You can't do this on your own. This morning, driving on my own, it's me versus this car. And it's, I'm on my own. And my human nature, my first tendency is anger. I'm justified. You're making me late. You're keeping me from things here. I already passed you very kindly and politely, gave you a small little wave, and then you push into front of everyone. And I'm justified in my feelings. That's my human nature. That's why it's, it's impossible to do this on your own. The second reason is because it, it clashes with culture, okay? All of you can relate with what I just shared, right? Who cannot relate? I just want to see who's liars here this morning. Okay, no, great. You can all relate. Um, these things are not just in short supply, you know, compassion, kindness, meekness, but the inverse is often in our culture prioritized and celebrated. Be proud. That's celebrated. It's the opposite of humility, but that's celebrated. You know, take offense. We want to regulate speech so that people will not be offended by what we say. Although offense is taken and not given. And in the scripture, Paul's priority is not on, hey, you who dish out offense, you need to change. No, it's on the person offended and it says, will you endure? Will you have compassion? Will you be patient? Will you be meek? Will you be able to forgive unconditionally? Man, that clashes with culture. That makes no sense. And the third reason is, and I touched on that on the beginning, is because these attributes, Paul writing this letter. To who does he write this letter? Where did we read from? The book of Colossians. And who was Colossians? It's a cool guy. No, it was not a guy. He was a church. It was a spiritual family, a gathering of believers. When he wrote this, he had a community in mind that were gathering together on a regular basis, let's say once a week, maybe on Sundays. I don't know why I think of that, but it was a regular a group of community gathering together, all hearing this together. And they probably looked at each other like, are you... I'm not going to be patient. Are you, you're going to, I'm meek. I'm, I'm not meek. You're, who are we going to, how are we going to, okay. We've got each other. We've got each other. We can hold each other accountable. We can share our weaknesses. We can grow in this together. That's what Paul had in mind. And he gives us this little tip here in verse 12. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones, plural. All of you believers together put on these things. Express this as a community. One person might fail, but when more are influencing each other, we change. And so this is the first reason why we value spiritual family that I want to share with you this morning. is because family produces Christ-like character. Family produces Christ-like character. None of these attributes... If you, when you read Ephesians, when you read throughout Scripture, all of these letters written to the churches, the epistles, none of them are expected to be lived out by individuals. Paul always intended for a community that disciples one another, that influences one another, that, that gathers together. And so when you think of even your natural family, man, how much are you tested in these? How often are you, is your patience tested? That's my mom's like... One of her go-tos. You test my patience. Right? 
And so I've, uh, I've got these sayings after every point, maybe to help all of you understand um, and see how can we really enjoy true spiritual family community and what are elements that, that, that we don't. So this first point, family produces Christ-like character, you know you're not experiencing true spiritual family when you are stagnating in your spiritual and your character growth. You know you're not in a church community that is functioning like a family or not just even going to church when you and your natural family are stagnating in your spiritual and your character growth. But you know you are experiencing authentic spiritual family when you're gradually becoming more like Christ because of these family relationships. This is why we value family. Now the scripture continues by inviting everyone to put on love. Put on love. Now this Greek word for love, uh, I don't know if you've, any of you have heard, there's four Greek words for love. Three of them are used in the Bible. Uh, I'm not going to mention them all because I can't remember them all. But the big one is agape love. Agape love is the kind of love that is only visible or, or that we're only capable of knowing when God loves us. So God's love is always referred to as an agape love. And our love for God is referred to as an agape love. And that love plays out as a community of believers who get together who are putting on agape. Put on agape. Not phileo, which is brotherly love. Not eros, which is erotic love. It's agape love. It's God's love. It's an unconditional love. It's a love that loves as a result of a character. God's character is love. It's not a love that loves as a, as a response to someone else who loves you. It's a love that gives and chooses to give. It's not, a, it's not a love that primarily focuses on taking and receiving. It's different. As a community, put on this love. And so, the second point I want to share with you, why do we value spiritual family? Why do we value natural family? Well, because family, and specifically spiritual family, is the one place that truly reveals the agape love of God. I don't know how many of you have this morning said, I, I want to experience God's love. Anyone here who wants to experience God's love? Okay, great. Everyone wants to experience God's love. The one place that will be more prominent and more permanent, supposed to be, than anywhere else in society, is in family. And when I, when I say family, I mean people who believe in Jesus with all their hearts and they come together. There you will find agape love. In John chapter 17, Jesus says, this kind of unity that is united in the experience of my love and faith and understanding of who I am, this kind of unity is the most powerful testimony to the world of God's existence. Because I've already shared, it goes against human nature, it goes against cultural norms. It goes against everything. But not in a bad way, in a way that completely blows our minds. This is why we value family. So, you know you're not experiencing authentic spiritual family when you feel more like a number in a seat than an individual. When the name of a certain individual is more prominent than that of God's or when you're cared for only so that someone can get something from you. 
then you're not an authentic spiritual family. But, you know, you are part of an authentic spiritual family when people are sincerely caring for you, regardless of conditions, when God's love is made real to you, and when you become more and more certain of your faith and your relationship with God, when your faith is growing, you know you're part of authentic family. And here I want to I take a brief pause and just quickly share something. Um, there is a massive connection between the spiritual and the natural families here that I want to quickly share. Um, we many times in the church find that unhealthy natural families struggle with conflict management, they struggle with uh, healthy relationships, they just struggle with a lot of things, would come into a spiritual family. And if we had too many unhealthy natural families coming into spiritual family, and the spiritual family itself is not healthy, that whole thing becomes unhealthy, and society becomes unhealthy. But when an unhealthy natural family comes into a healthy spiritual family, you can heal. And that influences society. But it's the same way the other way around. If spiritual family is not led by healthy natural families, and here I appeal to the leadership. We've, see, we've said this many times in our church. Our philosophy of ministry as every nation is we will never sacrifice our natural families on the altar of spiritual family or ministry. If my child, if there is a, 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 an emergency right now with my wife and my child who are here this morning, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm off the stage. I'm Mike, quickly, Renee, Dippies, Diana, one of them, you continue. We'll be fine, you'll be fine. But that is where my priority lies. And as, as long as that is healthy, as long as my marriage with my wife is healthy, if that is unhealthy, I'm out of ministry. That's my first priority. Because if that is not healthy, then this will not be healthy. And if this is not healthy, then no natural family can come here and continue to grow healthily. Great. So, the last thing that I want to share of why we value spiritual family, why we value family, natural and spiritual, is because family grows our faith and our relationship with God. And this is a function that both spiritual and natural family is supposed to, 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 to work in, is that Paul writing to, to the church, verse 16, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That means that there is nothing that as a family, natural and spiritual, we love to read, understand, and ponder more than the word of Christ, the Bible. No news articles, not WhatsApps, responding to messages, not social media updates. There's nothing. This, this is what Paul was intending, right? Because they, they also had a massive um, Facebook dilemma uh, 2,000 years ago. But he was, I'm kidding, they didn't. But there was a lot of external influences, okay? Caesar were, was constantly issuing decrees and uh, the prefects were working. There's a, there was just a lot of influence being exerted on society, and Paul says the only way you will stand against these influences is if the word of Christ dwells in you richly as a community, as a family at home, and a family in God's family. Let it dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So here, Paul says, word of Christ, dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing. Teaching is the active learning part of our growth. It's that which we continue to fill our minds with, all right, we're teaching. Admonishing is a word not many of us like so much. Because the Greek word here means to encourage you to practical application, but more than that, to correct you when I see your application is not in line with God's word. Correction. Being able to give and receive correction is one of the most crucial elements to our family value. Now understand this, if we did not call this, our church, Every Nation Moycliffe, a family, but an organization, then this is a give and take relationship with all of these benefits. This is all about how we benefit from each other. And the moment you are corrected, you just find another one. You just find another, another church family. And then we've got all these offended Christians jumping from church to church to church to church because we cannot take and we cannot give correction. But because this is a family, because we call this family, it means you're a son or a daughter in the house. Man, parents fight with the children, right? And they fight with each other. And they, and they scoff and they skeer and they, and they change each other's lives. And it's part of that growth. It grows us. This is family. We admonish one another. And then... The singing, this is awesome. I'm reading just what, uh, what Paul uses. He's, he's talking about psalms, but he's also talking about hymns, but he's also talking about spiritual songs. And basically what he's saying is, in every way, worship God musically. Whether it is through reading the 150 psalms we find in the book of Psalms, whether it is through singing ancient hymns written by believers all over history, or whether it is you as a community and family writing your own songs, sing worship to God, real and authentic. Not traditional, and not all the hype and emotions, but authentic worship to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks. This is the third time in the scripture that thankfulness is emphasized. By the scripture. You see, spiritual family cultivates a kind of thankfulness. And that thankfulness changes hearts. So here's my final. You know you're not. Experiencing authentic spiritual family when more emphasis is placed on your works and your achievements and your relationship with God. When you're not expected to continue growing. When your life is more directed by people then your relationship with God and when people don't lovingly confront you and the things in you that's not like Christ. When you, if you are in this church and you've been here for, I wanna say, more than four months and you have not been confronted about anything, then you probably are not in a connect group. You're probably not participating in the things that we as a family do because you will be corrected so that you may grow, so that you may be, may be more secure. So you know you are an authentic spiritual family when you can have open and transparent relationships with people in your discipleship groups with accountability. You know 
when God's word is emphasized above people's opinions. There's nothing here that I, want, that I came to share with you this morning that is my opinion. God's word is emphasized above people's opinions. When you are encouraged to serve and express your worship freely, and when you're growing in thankfulness towards God, that's how you know that you are in authentic spiritual family. And I, I wanna share a little bit from my own life on this. I did not grow up in a healthy, natural, or spiritual family. I've shared with uh, this congregation, my parents were divorced when I was two years old, and I saw my father every second weekend, and he was there with my sports games and, and my matches and my races, and it was awesome to have him there. But there was a lot of unhealthy things in our natural family. And, and, and with that, I grew up in a traditional church that I got a lot of this from, that I know I wasn't in healthy church family because it was so much about my actions and my works. And I always had this view. Friends, I, I, I look at our country's church history. I look at churches, um, churches justifying one of the greatest, worst expressions of racial inequality and racial segregation in the world. The churches being at the forefront of that. I look at churches um, that, like our Catholic church, Spanish Inquisition, we have a tainted history in, in the church world. And as a teenager, called to ministry, I said to God, I don't like church. Because this, this has been my experience of church. My family got hurt in church. Both my mother and my father got hurt in church. Um, I was jumping from church to church and I was just not seeing the fruit of church family. So in 2013, I went to Israel. I lived in Israel where God, completely as a lone ranger on my own, no church family really supporting me. And I was there in Israel and God started speaking to me and he said, but Christian, church was not man's idea. It's Christ's idea. Church is not organization. It's people. Church is not, it's not rules and regulations. It's family. It's my idea. If you were to go to a restaurant and your favorite food is pizza and you saw someone eating pizza like a pig, you're not gonna stop eating pizza. You might just go to a different restaurant or you're just gonna eat it the right way. How can I judge church on the basis of the experience of some or the history of some parts? I've gotta seek what the word says about church. I've gotta seek what God's heart is for church because he instituted this. Slowly but surely, God started restoring my heart for church family, gave me values. He told me, I want to reign in my church. Look for a church where I am king. Look for a church where people are encouraged to represent me ever, everywhere they go. Look for a church where people are continuing to grow, where, where they're not constantly remaining immature in their faith. Look for a church where people are encouraged to lead Look for a church that expresses family. What I just mentioned to you is lordship, evangelism, discipleship, leadership, and family. That's what God told me to look for. And that's why I signed up to be in ministry at Every Nation before I even attended this service. I saw those five values on the, the website of Every Nation. And this is what God has been talking to me about. So this is a point where, well, that's the point where God did all of that in me, restored me. 
I was so immature. I was so lost. I was so uncompassionate, man, impatient, pride. Yo, terrible. None of this scripture was true of me until I got into authentic spiritual family. Until people got close enough to my life that I started seeing all of this in me. And I praise God. <laughs> I cannot tell you how thankful I am. So with that being said, maybe there's some of you us here this morning that you came to visit baby dedications. You, you're not part of authentic spiritual family. Maybe it's because you got hurt. Maybe you feel too guilty, too shameful. Maybe you heard in church that you first need to be perfect before you can come. This morning I want to tell you none of that is true. If you want to tell me that you first need to fix your life before you can come to Christ, you're telling me that you first want to clean yourself before you'll get in the shower. Makes no sense. Jesus is the medium of transformation. Jesus is the one who changes, who saves, who cleans, who, who washes you white as snow. You're not going to hear the word of Christ easily outside of committing to family. So let's all close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. You don't have to stand up. Please don't be shy. Let God do a work in your hearts here this morning. But if you're sitting here this morning and you got hurt or your family got hurt in church, can we pray for you for healing? You just raise your hand. Everyone's eyes are closed. So we can pray. And pray for healing. Good. Just keep eyes closed. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. If you're here this morning, you know you have not valued either spiritual or natural family. You want to say sorry to God and you want to invite this value into your life. Eyes closed. Just raise your hand so we can pray with you as well. Praise God, there's one. There's another. Praise God. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Great. Wonderful. All right. You can, you can lower your hands. I want to invite you all to stand and open up your hands to God. Everyone, the whole congregation, you can stand right now. Let's all stand together. open up our hands to God many of you raised your hands now when I trust God to come and heal you if there's someone you need to need to forgive may God give you the strength right now let's pray pray for us father I thank you so much for every person that is here this morning thank you so much for this value I thank you that throughout scripture you're talking family you're saying these are my sons and daughters you're not saying these are my slaves you're saying my sons my daughters my children this is how you view us Lord that we're in a place of belonging and we can never lose it because of Jesus Christ. Father, this morning I pray for those who got hurt in church. I pray for my own father, wherever he is right now. I thank you that you have done a great work of healing his heart. I pray for my mom, where she constantly calls herself the worst church goer. I pray that you will give her this value, Father. I pray for the people who raise their hands here. I pray that you will help them to forgive those who have hurt them. I pray that you will help them to change their understanding of what church family is here this morning, that they will seek and be planted, become part of belonging, authentic, spiritual family. Lord, I pray for those who have not valued this value. We say, sorry, Lord. Oh, give us, Father. Come and give us a new heart. Give us your heart. And we may value this, Father. And I pray for people who are, who are part of our Every Nation Moikler family, but they're not jumping all in, Lord 
like not yet part of connect groups or jumping all in. I pray, Father, this morning you will move them to be part of this family, to jump all in, to give all of our lives to your work. I thank you this morning. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Everyone say, Amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand, friends? Wonderful. And that concludes today's message. For more information, visit our website at everynationswane.org forward slash moikluf. That's everynationswane.org forward slash moikluf. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Till next time then. Hey!